0: Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Saturday, September 10th. Taming the Wolf of Gubiel. Today's scripture reading is found in Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 through chapter 3, verse 1, from the Message Translation, well, mostly. God put the human into a deep sleep. As he slept, he removed one of his ribs and replaced it with flesh. God then used the rib that he had taken from the man to make woman, and presented her to the man. The man said, Finally, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, name her woman, for she was made from man. Therefore a man leaves his father and mother and embraces his wife. They became one flesh. The two of them, the man and his wife, were naked. But they felt no shame. Now the serpent, well, was really naked, was more smooth and more shrewd and slippery, more shrewd than any wild animal that God had made. This is God's Word. No sooner is humanity complete than an adversarial presence is introduced into the garden. All right, now we're talking this we know. We know about the adversarial presence in this garden that we know is the world. It's why we lock our doors and bar our gates. For the first humans, there were no doors or gates or locks or bars, just this adversarial presence right there in the neighborhood, as it were. We, of course, know the rest of the story, but it makes me pause to think how they and we might have responded to that adversarial presence differently. Which takes me to the tale of the Wolf of Gubbio, related once again by Mirabai Starr in her book St. Francis of Assisi, Brother of Creation. She writes, One of the most famous accounts about Francis' bond with animals is the story of the Wolf of Gubbio. It happened that a large and ferocious wolf was terrorizing the inhabitants of this mountain town. The creature was starving. At first it slaughtered farm animals, but then it began attacking humans. No one dared to wander beyond the city gates for fear of being devoured. When Francis was visiting Gubbio and saw how the people were suffering, He took it upon himself to confront the wolf. That night, the people of the town climbed the city wall to watch as Friar Francis ventured to the edge of the woods. He had hardly advanced ten steps. When the wolf leapt out of the forest and ran towards Francis, its teeth bared. Francis held up his hand and made the sign of the cross in the air between them. The wolf stopped in its tracks and closed its mouth. Come to me, Brother Wolf, Francis said. And the wolf approached the saint and lay down at his feet like a lamb. Francis explained that he understood the wolf was suffering from hunger, but that it had no right to cause this kind of anguish among the humble citizens of Gubbio. He offered to help make peace between the people and the wolf by convincing the town people to feed the wolf every day in exchange for the wolf's promise to never hurt anyone again. When Francis asked the wolf for a sign of assent, the animal bowed its head and wagged its tail. Then Francis turned to the crowd and obtained their vow to uphold their end of the peace pact. He offered himself as a bondsman for Brother Wolf. From that day forward, the wolf appeared in the town every afternoon, stopping at a different house to be fed. The wolf was gentle, and the humans, courteous. Okay, what's just aside tells us was this story, obviously, totally made up, right? The wolf was gentle, the humans, courteous. Okay, sorry. When the wolf finally died of old age, the people of Gubbio grieved. Its sweetness and patience had been a daily reminder of the holiness of St. Francis. Now, as a side note, in 1872, during excavations to lay the foundations for a new building near the old church in Gubbio, the body of a very large wolf was uncovered, buried, in those church grounds. Now, Mirabai adds this postscript observation. For Francis, all things were reflections of the Creator and served as reminders to praise Him. The beauty of creation provided constant opportunities for rejoicing. Francis' love of God was so vast that it spilled over and flooded everything he saw and touched. He treated bishops and earthworms with equal courtesy. A fire in the hearth was as likely to send him into rapture as a hymn in the cathedral. In fact, more so. Brother Francis, teach us. Now, pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer. All right, you may not want to merely make the sign of the cross before a menacing pit bull or a charging bear, though, if you have no other alternative, what would you have to lose? This aside, What lessons do you learn from the story of the Wolf of Gubbio? What has been your primary takeaway from allowing Francis of Assisi to briefly be our guide in becoming garden people in this dwelling place of God we call Earth? Now today, we pray with Francis Frost, another Francis, from His book, St. Francis of Assisi, Writings and Early Biographies. Will there come a day when the fox at bay May find man's shoulder, his shelter, his boulder? When will the deer stand without fear While man's hand touches his russet haunches? When will the snare return to air, the bright winged captive to praise God and live? St. Francis, when will men cease to kill the shy and that other his shyer brother? Indeed, Lord, when? Lord, Open my eyes to see the Gan Edan garden, Eden, all around me. With all of its creatures, great and small, remind me that you see each sparrow that falls as you feed all the birds and beasts here below. Connect me more deeply with this reality in this your dwelling place as you fill us with a wild joy that spills over every vessel of the human experience, flowing back into the earth, giving birth to the endless unfolding of your creation. Amen.